The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data. Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and today we're going to discuss the efficacy of loyalty and rewards programs. Joining us is Burke Cooper, who is the CMO of Fetch Rewards, which is America's number one reward app. With over 13 million active users, Fetch Rewards surpassed $100 billion in actionable gross merchandise value, GMV, making the company equivalent to the nation's seventh largest retailer. And in addition to providing us with our guest today, Fetch Rewards is also a sponsor of the MarTech Podcast. Yesterday, Burke and I talked about rewards and loyalty program creation, and today we're going to continue the conversation by talking about creating the Fetch Pricing Index. All right, here's the second part of my conversation with Burke Cooper, the CMO of Fetch Rewards. Burke, welcome back to the MarTech Podcast. Awesome to be back. Thanks for having me. Always good to have you on the show. Excited to continue our conversation. And did I say thank you yet for being one of our loyal sponsors? It's great to not only have you on the show, but obviously appreciate your support of the MarTech podcast as well. Our pleasure. Love what you guys are doing. All right. So yesterday we talked a little bit about the loyalty and reward program world and Fetch is the biggest, baddest player on the block. Your focus is specifically on the offline world, right? The CPG, restaurants, products that people aren't necessarily buying digitally, getting people to catalog what they're buying by using technology and leveraging that data to support brands to offer rewards to your customers. Not only is that great for consumers, it's great for brands, but it's also great for Fetch. It gives you an incredible amount of data. So talk to me a little bit about what you've been doing with that data internally and tell me a little bit about the Fetch price index. What is that? Yeah, for sure. So yesterday we talked about how we use that data to activate, right? So brands can activate on the platform. And that is far and away the most valuable thing that we do is give brands a platform to activate on and change user behavior. But there's a lot of other offshoots and Fetch price index is certainly one of them. So I guess I'll back up what Fetch Price Index is. It's something that we put out monthly, and it's our look using the data that we see to understand what is happening with inflation, what is happening with purchase behavior even more deeply than inflation, demand trends, all of those types of things. And it's been a really interesting journey as we build this muscle and look at our data and try to understand what's going on in the macroeconomic level. 
but it's been fun. It's definitely been something that our brands have found extremely valuable to understand those trends. And we're starting to get a lot of traction just on informing the market of what we're seeing. So before we get into what you're seeing with the data, tell me a little bit about what the data source is. How did you aggregate? How did you do your analysis? It's funny, Axios put out an article several months ago that was talking about CPI. CPI? The Consumer Price Index, yep. So the gold standard for understanding inflation that gets published monthly. And a lot of that's via survey data. And their challenge to the market was, hey, there's got to be a better way. Why aren't we leaning into these kind of bigger tech players, these bigger data aggregators to understand not just survey what are people doing, but actually look and see. So that was part of the genesis of it. We had started to play with this idea. We'd also had a board member, Graycroft is on our board. Ian Sigalow had challenged us one meeting and said, inflation's a hot topic right now. Why don't you guys look at your data and put something out? So we took it and we ran with it and it's been really helpful. Basically the way that we do it is we have a longitudinal panel of several hundred thousand shoppers that we track that have been scanning receipts for several years now and their quantity of receipts have remained consistent. And we look at the prices and um, of the items that they're buying, and we do analysis on everything from not just price to understand inflation, but also demand, number of trips, all of those sub-drivers that are really important to understanding really what's going on with users and shoppers within the consumables category. All right, I got to ask, how terrified should we be about inflation here? What's amazing is, so we put out the FPI, the Fetch Price Index, we put it out right before, because ours is in real time. So we typically beat the CPI by a couple of days each month. It's been in pretty lockstep with theirs, especially if you look at the consumables category. We are starting to see what we believe to be a stabilization of inflation. And I think the most important components to look at are demand. So everybody knows that demand has been through the roof. It's been one of the reasons that prices continued to stay high is because the demand was there. So there was pricing power. We're starting to see demand start to wane. And I think this is something that we bring within the Fetch Price Index that's really powerful is it's not just looking at inflation and pricing. It's looking at the drivers. So we saw for a while, as an example, we saw that shoppers were taking more trips, but buying less items. But overall, they were buying the same amount. So that was, we thought that was interesting, an interesting dynamic that we saw. Now we're starting to see the overall demand, the number of items entering the house, we're starting to see that wane. And we've seen it shift towards private label for now a few months. Target, I think, just put something out that was talking about how much their private label has grown. That's a trend that we've seen. So we start to understand these underlying drivers, not just the inflation trends. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then. And instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. 
No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. Let me make some assumptions. You can tell me if I'm right, wrong, or nobody knows. The pandemic happens. Everybody's at home. Everybody's working from home. We're all trapped with our family. God help us. I love my kids and my wife. (laughs) That creates this behavior where we are not shopping so infrequently. We're not going to the grocery store once every week or two to load up. We're, We're home. We're in the local neighborhood so we can go infrequently when we need an extra container of milk, some eggs, some butter, whatever it is. So we're shopping more frequently. Then the pandemic ends, but people are, for the most part, still working from home regularly. And now we're going to the grocery store more often. We've all got our stimulus checks. We've all got a little extra money in hand. So when we're at the grocery store, heck, you know what? I'm going to buy that extra container of soap or whatever it's going to be, something splashy. I'm going to buy a candy bar, a magazine, and all of a sudden we're buying a little extra product. Is it as simple as that? What's driving inflation? What's driving the sort of change in consumer behavior in terms of the number of purchases, the volume, and the spike in demand? Very complex question. There's a lot of people much smarter than me tackling the intricacies of exactly what's happening. But you have the general story, right? Look, during the pandemic, demand was through the roof, right? People couldn't keep stuff on shelves. And if you think about all the other expenses that were going away, people weren't driving, gas is down. There was just a lot of change in the market at that time, but demand stayed high and continued to stay high. And I think was a large reason why you saw prices start to increase is because demand was just through the roof. But we are now starting to see demand wane. And I think it's going to be a really important component. I think probably the most important part of the fetch price index that we put out each month is the drill down into demand and what that is looking like, because that's what's kind of ruling the day right now on brands and retailers and what they're doing with pricing. All right. So we've seen that the demand is increasing. Now, I want to tell you, I'm not an economist. But I did take two economics classes in college, so that almost makes me an expert. I know that there's demand, which is very important, and then there's the flip side of supply. And that's about the extent of my understanding of the economy. We saw an increase in demand. We also saw a decrease in supply because of COVID supply chain constraints. Have we started to see supply normalize? And is that what's starting to level out what we're seeing with our pricing? My understanding is that supply has begun to catch up to some of the issues that they were having, certainly during the pandemic, as products are flowing more freely to shelves. If that demand stays high, like previously, demand generation wasn't a problem. It wasn't a thought for brands. And then as supply began to catch up and there's just opportunity to grab share, now all of a sudden it's super top of mind. And I think that that thought process is also really interesting to me and to us at Fetch Because during times of upheaval, during times of change for shoppers, it's a fantastic opportunity to grab market share and to think about, okay, now all of a sudden people are 
it's up for grabs what product they're buying. If people are now trading down to uh, private label or making changes in the mix of items that they buy, fantastic opportunity for brands to insert themselves and build a relationship because those moments, they've been happening quite a bit recently, but they typically don't happen all that often for categories within somebody's life is a true moment of now you as a brand can interject yourself because there's a drastic change in a user's behavior. So let's talk a little bit about who was the winner and loser. Now that we've gone through sort of this COVID period, we've seen some inflation, we're starting to see it come back down. Were there any brands specifically that you noticed that came out on top? And if that was the case, why do you think that happened? So if you think about this on the retailer side, brands that have a reputation for one-stop shop or, or being a place to save have done really well. Dollar General, those stores have done really well. Costco has done really well. If you think about Costco, what comes to mind, right? And that's exactly where the tailwinds are behind right now. So even though some of those stores have increased prices, especially if you think about it as a percent, the prices have gone up, their brand perception and market is kind of ruling the day and they're doing extremely well. Yeah, it's interesting. I'm looking at a chart in the last blog post about the fetch price index. And I see that for retailers, the prices year over year have changed for this looks like 10 or 15 different retailers, somewhere between seven to a little less than 11%, with one exception. Costco's prices have actually gone up 17.2%. Now on the flip side, when I look at the year over year change in basket side, Almost every retailer has seen a decrease in the change in basket side by, I don't know, somewhere between 2 to 10%. And Costco's has gone up by like 15 So there's something that's happening there, exactly what you're talking about, known as a discount retailer. Not only are people going to Costco, the prices have gone up, but they're buying more. It seems like Costco is a big winner out of this whole inflation scenario. Yeah, they've definitely done extremely well. And again, their brand and what they stand for is primed for this. So I think it's been a big boon to their business for sure. All right. So last question I have for you today, knowing a little bit about not only pricing, obviously being an expert in the economy, wink, wink. (laughs) Tell me a little bit about what marketers should take away, not only from the recent data, but from how Fetch has put together their pricing index. So there's always a fourth section that we add on to that and dive deeper. And I would think about it as there's a wealth of information within the Fetch data set, but the ability to activate on it is really the most important thing. And really, that's what we provide. I talked earlier about these moments where purchase behavior is up for grabs within a household or within a shopper. I think it's an extremely important time for brands and retailers to activate and use a program like Fetch or whatever they have to shift behavior. Ultimately, that's what we do. Like We like to say data by itself has no value. It's what you do with it. And Fetch offers the platform to be able to activate and change that behavior long term for your brand or retailer. Interesting. There's lots of ways that you can take advantage of understanding the market and Fetch is using their data to help people understand what's happening with the economy, what's happening in pricing, and how their customers can take advantage of that data. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Burke Cooper, the CMO of Fetch Rewards. If you'd like to get in touch with Burke, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter where his handle is Burke underscore Cooper. That's B-I-R-K underscore C-O-O-P-E-R. Or you can visit his company's website, which is FetchRewards.com. And of course, you can go download the Fetch Rewards app by searching for Fetch in whatever app store is relevant to your phone.
Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter and you can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.